Well, um, you know, one way that I think people uh, pay attention at church, and I know everybody here does, uh, but one thing that I think draws people's attention um, is to talk about miracles that happen because they're, they're extraordinary, aren't they? And so when miracles and healings and wonders and all those things happen, people want to hear about it. People want to see it. They want to rejoice with you. I want to rejoice when you, with you when miracles and healings happen to you in your life and when you share and testify. And so in uh, the minute or so here that I'm up here, I just thought um, I would take the next few Sundays to share about some things that have happened to me. Uh, maybe some of you have heard some of these things. Maybe some of you haven't. But I, today I wanted to share about one of the first healings that I ever got ever, ever, that I recall having. It, it wasn't, I don't think, the number one, probably, but, but this is one of the healings that I had. Um, James Ashworth, our mentor, uh, was asked to preach at a full gospel businessman's meeting years and years and years ago. And so he invited John and I, and so that was really quite a privilege. Of course, me being there, I was probably the only female. I was sitting with my husband, but I wanted to go and hear what he had to say. You know, there might have been one or two other females there. I don't know. But anyway, when he got up, he started talking and preaching, and then he said, there's somebody in here that has an issue right down here below your belly button, right down here. And he said, if you will come forward, Jesus will heal you. Well, I sat in the congregation and waited and watched. You know how you do, Carlos. And uh, just waited for somebody to go up because, hey, I was going to put my hand out like this and pray and ask God to help him heal. Well, he said it two or three times. And I thought, my heart started to pound real hard. And I thought, well, yeah, Jesus, I'm not feeling good right down there. And um, <clears throat> I thought, I believe he's talking to me. And so I went up there. And there I was in the midst of these businessmen and my husband, and of course, James, Pastor James. And so I thought, I'm claiming this is mine. I reached my hand up like this towards heaven, and he uh, prayed for me. And he prayed and he prayed, and he asked that Jesus would touch my body in that area, in Jesus' name. I put my hand down, and people I knew that I knew that I had received a healing from our Lord and Savior. I knew that he had healed me because I was giving off uh, pus, I was giving off blood, 
I, was, uh, I wasn't doing good. And usually when you aren't feeling good like that, then you start having flu symptoms. That left, all of it left. And by God's grace, I have never had an issue like that ever again. And that was more than 24 years ago. In fact, it was probably our first year of marriage, which is close to 35 years. So uh, Jesus was the healer back then. Jesus is the healer today. And so I want to praise him, and I want to thank him for it. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and bow our heads. Jesus, first of all, I thank you, Jesus, for all the healings that you have done uh, in the four walls of this building, your house. I want to thank you for touching each and every person. I thank you, Jesus, for touching those that are online and listening. And for those that need a touch from the Lord, a healing hand from the Lord, know that scripture says that 2,000 years ago, he shed blood for you and for every single ailment out there. It's been died for. Know it's yours. Reach a hold of it. Claim it. And thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for healing and touching and doing, Jesus, what you said that you did 2,000 years ago. Thank you for doing it today on this day at this time. And if there are those out there that don't know you, or have had a hiccup in their walk with you. We pray, Lord, that you, Jesus, would cleanse every thought, every word, every deed, anything. And we pray, Jesus, that you would go into that person's heart, cleanse, renew, and refresh, and save, we pray. Right now, if you have prayed that prayer with me, you are a child of the King. Hallelujah. And you are saved. Go tell somebody and find a church that you can get discipled at. Lord, we praise your blessed name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. <clears throat> James, as she talked about, said of Cynthia... He said she is uh, one of the easiest people to pray for. You can kind of see why. Um, these, are, these are miraculous. She's had some miraculous healing. She's had an out-of-body experience. And she felt it would be good to do a series of her own, opening up our program talking about various healings she's experienced and heard and told of. And we need that. You know, if you're going to have a prayer time together, you really need to have some testimonies along with it. It builds up the inner man. It encourages you. And once you get the revelation that this is for you too, what happened to her was not something where God just said today, okay, I've thought about it, you're healed. I've thought about it, maybe, maybe later. No, I don't think so. No. He said by his stripes you were healed. It's already done. Like Jesus, I was sharing with someone on a text the other day, we were sharing back and forth, talking about healing, I said, you know the man who had the son with a spirit that caused him to be mute? 
Jesus said to him, when he asked Jesus if he could do anything, would you heal him? He, Jesus said to the man a simple thing. He said, only believe. Now, folks, when he said that to him, he was talking to you and me. Only believe. Well, that sounds too simple. Well, I have faith. Well, now he, think about this. He said, only believe. That means don't have anything else. Don't have unbelief mixed with it. We know that you can have both because the gentleman's response to Jesus was, Lord, I believe, help mine unbelief. Now, I find something very encouraging out of that scripture, and that is the fact that we don't know the details that followed, but it does say that he healed him. That's encouraging to me because he said, Lord, I believe, help mine unbelief. Well, we got to want to have help. Uh, I'm John Sandy, my wife Cynthia. This is the Pulse and Gasway and uh, West Virginia, and we have a a congregation in Winfield, and we're getting ready to open one in April in Charleston. So we're glad to have you with us live in the class or even on delay. Thank you for joining us. You are on time if you're even watching on delay. I ask that you hit like and share. Please hit like and share and help us out here. You'll never know how much ministry it is for you to do that one simple thing. Hit like and share. Also, I have a podcast called Growing with God has over 120 messages on it. I'd love for you to check out that library and let it get back with us and let, let us know what you think. If you want to go to the, uh, the podcast app and go to Growing With God, John Sandy, one of those two. Again, good to have you with us. Our notable nugget for today, I may have a notable quotable for you too. Our notable nugget for today is you cannot break the laws of God and still receive his favor. Do we want his favor? You know, even people of the world want God's favor. Hey, I'll take it. Is it free? I'll take it. Have you heard that expression? Is it free? Yeah, I'll take it. The world's just like that. But they don't want to walk it. And you can't have favor without having you and obeying the laws of God. And folks, there are laws. Oh, I thought we lived by grace through faith. We do, but God sets up laws. Healing has laws for healing to take place. You have to believe. Just like nature has laws. If you have a guest over to your house and you want electricity on, you don't call AAP. You flick the switch. You and I have to learn how to flick the switch because he operates with his own laws. But that's a good thing because that means he will never change and he will always do exactly what he says. Jesus will never have to apologize uh, for what he says because he did it. He stands on his word, and you can count on it. Now, the world will throw things at you, and the devil will yell at you. He's like a roaring lion. Not a roaring lion, but like one. <clears throat> My second one for you is we claim to take Jesus with us, don't we? Well, I, I, I had Jesus, Jesus was here today, I took Jesus with me, blah, 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 and that's all good. But my question is, but do you take what he has with you? Think about it. Do you take what he has with you? You may take his name, you can call upon the name of Jesus, but the power, the power, Carlos, is taking what he has with you. Then you can speak in his name and see things happen. 
And a little bit notable uh, nugget for you, that's a little story. Uh, my daughter came out of Planet Fitness a, day, a couple days ago, and her car was hit. And there was a gentleman outside waiting. He didn't know who the car belonged to, but he was waiting. He didn't want to leave a note. He was waiting until someone finally came out, and it could be quite a while because he was in there for a while. And he waited patiently until she came out. Then he showed her what happened, and he gave her all his information. <clears throat> and she was quite impressed with his, he was being a witness to our daughter. She was quite impressed, and I was too. And here's what he said to her. Take, take heed to this, folks. This is very serious business. She thanked him for doing all he did. He says, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember how he worded it, honey. Um, yes, thank you, honey. He said, uh, I don't want to stand before God on judgment day over this. That's good stuff, isn't it? I, I feel it when I say it. She said to me, Dad, you got to preach that. Do you see how I talk to her? Now, you apply that to anything in your life. And, and follow up with this after you do it. I don't want to stand before God on judgment day over this. Isn't that pretty serious stuff? But it's good stuff. And this man had that revelation. And he followed through every step he said he would do. He called us right back if we missed him. In no time, he had a check for her. And the check was good, and he covered a rental if she needs it. He said, if you find out that there's more involved in fixing the car once they get in there, let me know, and I will cover that. Folks, that is what we call in this world integrity. And it doesn't mean much to most people anymore. You and I both know people, they can lie, and if they don't have no conviction. They don't blink. They just lie. They are just professional at it. It's because it's a, become a part of who they are, which deals a little bit with what we're talking about here. I believe this might be our last day on this topic. And our topic entitled, uh, uh, that we're working on is part nine, is spirit, soul, or body. Pick your destiny. And we've been breaking them down, all three, and we're going to wrap up with that today. And I hope I say something that encourages you and helps you to see a change. Folks, we need to see a change. It's not enough to say it was a great service. Or I really enjoyed what you preached. Did it change you at all? And that's not negative. What do you mean? I need to change? We all do. We're all in the process. We're all on a journey holding each other's hands along the way. How about you? I want to go in together. How about you? I want to have tea with you on my front porch, Brenda, in heaven. I want to be with you. I want you to make it. There's not a single person that I don't want to make it. I don't care how awful they've been to me or anybody else. I do not want them to miss heaven. And that will change my attitude and how I talk. Now, we talked a little bit last week about the story of uh, <clears throat> Peter at the gate. We talked about how he saw the man lame. He said, uh, he said, please help me. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give you. Folks, that's what you have, what Peter had. Sometimes these disciples and men and women of God in the Bible 
don't have any more faith than you do. What they don't have that we have is unbelief. Or fear of man. And it comes in different packages. So this single act that Peter performed is an example of what God can do with anyone who has surrendered their soul and body to the Spirit of Christ that lives in us. Now, for those of you that can, I'm going to be preaching this morning, and I'm going to elaborate on this whole subject for you. And it's entitled, Out of the Boat, Into God's Will. We're going to talk about how to get out of the boat. We're going to talk about what it's like to be in the boat when Jesus is there. So I hope you'll stick around with us at 11.15 for that as well. You have what Peter had. There's no one in the Bible that has anything that you don't have access to. Nothing. It has been laid out before the foundation of time. We must resist the common lie that Satan wants to throw in it. He'll say, oh, God did that for them. They're special. Or God did that because they're wealthier. They have nice clothes. Or they're the preacher. Or they're an elder in the church. God did that for them, not for you. Has anybody ever heard that? God won't do that for you. That's not one of the things he does. There are 39 stripes that Jesus suffered, and we have today 39 known diseases. Do you think Jesus brought this out? Yeah. Do you think Jesus thought everything out when he created the universe? Folks, this planet's going nowhere in 10 to 12 years like the radical left is saying. This planet will be here when he returns, and then he'll burn it up. We're not going to have a global heating that destroys this planet. We don't have the, the power to do that or the authority. But Jesus will have the final deal on uh, the climate when he returns. He's going to burn it up. He's going to get us out of here. Amen. God did, God did that for them. He'll do it for you. They are not special. We're all special in God's eyes. When we sit on the outside, when we sit on the outside, when we see on the outside what we have on the inside, our spirit, then our faith will cause his promises that were already given and fulfilled in the inside to be manifest on the outside. Only believe. Anytime you run across a situation, you're praying about it, remember those words. When Jesus said to the Father, only believe, he said that to you and me as well. Do you think he's going to heal someone in the Bible because he knows it's going to be written down but doesn't do it anymore? There are people that don't believe that God not only doesn't heal anymore, he doesn't speak anymore. How sad. How sad to live your whole life thinking that all you have is when you die, go to heaven. She said, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is that not right? He wants his will done right here. That means you're whole in heaven. He wants you whole here. You're prosperous in heaven. You're prosperous here. You have joy in heaven, peace and rest in the Holy Spirit. You can have that here. In fact, did you know that when he saved you, he gave you all the fruits of the Spirit? Do you know that at any given moment, the nine gifts can be in operation through you? As I mentioned, maybe last Sunday, I know a man of God that's seen five people raised from the dead, and he claims not to have the gift of healing. He has faith. Now, there's a calling. Absolutely. 
And there are people that don't have long to live, and they just got saved. They don't have time to really get grounded in the Word and their faith. And the gifts are there to pray with them, to take the faith they have with their calling and their faith and see the manifestation. Amen. We need to realize that only if the soul and body are lined up with the Spirit and surrender to it, that's the key word, only then can it be manifest in the physical. You need faith. The Bible says it. I'll save you by grace, but you need faith. You need to accept it. So you need faith for everything. He says, in fact, it's impossible to please him without faith. So, when we don't see the answers of certain prayers, there may be multiple reasons why, but one of them most assuredly would be our need for faith. And we are trying to resist unbelief. And one of the ways you do that, you may be listening right now, and you may be suffering with a physical ailment that just doesn't want to seem to go away. Let me pose a question for you. Now, I'm asking this randomly just for you to think about. Do you ever find yourself going, man, that hurts so much, I can't take it much more? Do you know what you just did? You just put unbelief and mixed it with your faith. What you have to do is walk in the Word. Not just memorize it, but walk in it. Walk in the revelation that Jesus had. He wants you to have his mind, doesn't he? We have the mind of Christ. That means you know what he knows. And don't turn me off when I say that. Think about what I'm saying. He said, hey, you have the mind of Christ. That means he will show you everything you need to know. He knows everything. The one thing he doesn't know is when he's coming. So if you have someone saying, Jesus told me I'm coming on Thursday the 24th at 7 a.m., be ready, aloha, you run. Because that's not scriptural. You're not going to know something Jesus doesn't know. One day, the Father is going to turn to him and say, get my children. And every knee will bow. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, Atheist, Agnostic. I don't care what you claim to be. You are going to bow. Did you know that? You may not believe in him, but he believes in you. And he knows you. He's numbered the very hairs in your head. He even knows when the sparrow falls. He knows who you are. He knows your address. And he knows the condition of your heart. However it is, one day you will bow. All the great leaders that have been awful leaders through time, Genghis Khan, the leader of uh, China, North Korea, go back through history, Caesar, all of them, they will bow their knee before a living God. Can you imagine what people are saying right now if they could come back that are, that are terrorists and have murdered people? Can you imagine what the testimony they would have right now if God let them come back? Folks, they'd be crying to you. Turn around, turn around, turn around. I have seen the living God, and he is real. You mirror the man that wanted to go back and warn his brothers, and Jesus said, even if you came back from the dead, they would not hear you. That's kind of serious, isn't it? 
that tells you how hard your heart can get. So you have two choices in life. This is not complicated. You can choose to serve a living God, or you can choose to serve something else. That something else may be your own self. But you will choose this day, today, literally today, who you're going to serve the rest of the day. And you'll do that every day. So God wants us to lean on him, to embrace him, and receive all the promises in Psalm 91 that gives it. We must be able to see before we can see. Not only in physical healing, um, you had to see it in your heart, in your spirit, because that's where your faith is at. That's where belief is at, is in your spirit. So if you can see it, then that which is already in here, you now see here. You must see it before you can see it. We could elaborate on that for quite a while. We need to have not only faith, we need to have a pure faith. That is one faith that is un, not unadulterated uh, with unbelief. Remember in Ephesians 6.12, For ye do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Folks, I'm going to talk in the service today about the three types of heaven. We're going to talk about and elaborate on that, but let me tell you a little bit here because this is our key scripture as we close today on this topic. Ephesians 6.12. Go back and read it and review it sometimes. Let's break it down for a moment. It's wonderful. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Folks, your enemy are not people. They're not your enemy. You, whether you like someone or not like someone, folks, you got, the, you got your eyes on the wrong target. They are not your enemy. I don't care how they treat you. I don't care what they do. They are puppets of the enemy. And they are not the ones you're warring with. Well, you say, of course they are. They, they, they caused me to be fired from my job. They did this. They vandalized my home. Of course it's from them. No. Your battle was against that which caused them to do what they do. If you can defeat the devil, then now these people that you used to hate, now they have hope. Do you realize the impact you have by obeying God? Folks, it's not just about you and your family. Your salvation is about everyone you're called to throughout your life. They are waiting for someone to throw a life preserver. They don't say it to you, but that's what their heart cry is. Do you want them to go to heaven? Live for God so they have hope. You may be the only Bible they'll ever read. So, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. There you go. Against powers. Powers. They have powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of weakness in high places. You are wrestling against principalities with powers, but be encouraged. You have greater powers than they have. The devil cannot throw one thing at you that you cannot resist and thwart. If you do put on the whole armor of God, you are prepared to battle with everything the devil throws at you. If you'll keep your focus on the devil and not people, Jesus says, I'll have your rear guard. They can't take you from behind. 
Do you know why? Because they are left in the waste when you are done with them. There is no one behind you. They lay in waste. The darkness of this age. Do you guys sense darkness sometimes when you go into certain places? Do you sense the darkness trying to take this world and this country right now? It's demonic. And let it be written down that I believe that socialism and communism are demonic. It's not just, oh, I believe this or I believe that. No, I believe with all my heart that socialism and communism is demonic. And I'll give you one simple answer. These two belief systems want you to trust in them, not a God. That's the whole purpose of socialism and communism is you, you, you get everybody to surrender everything to you. You become their God or your, their father, whatever you want to call them. But what they don't tell you is you lose all privileges by giving up everything. That's communism. That's socialism. That is what we're up against in this country today. And I'm thankful to say they're in the minority, but we can't be silent. We cannot be silent because one day they're going to knock on your door because we did nothing, just like in the Holocaust. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, I'm going to elaborate on that a little bit later on today on the three types of heaven. We must learn to fight our battles in spiritual realms because you found your salvation in a spiritual realm. Have you thought about that? Your salvation was supernatural, amen? Not of this world. And your battles are in spiritual realms. So doesn't it make sense that in order for you to maintain your salvation, in order for God to use you and that spirit within you to come alive in your body, that you need to deal with those things in spiritual realms? If you do, then your faith, through knowledge, you have to have knowledge with your faith. Because he said, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Folks, if you don't know what the Word has to say, what are you going to claim? What are you going to stand on? It's tough enough to stand on something, isn't it, Sandy? It's tough enough to stand on something when you see it in the Word. God promises, and yet we battle because of the, the powers of this world, wickedness in high places, feeding things into our mind. So how are you going to believe for something if you don't even know what the Word says? Folks, you need to hide that Word in your heart. Post it. Memorize it. Review it when you go by it. It's amazing how many times I can listen to the same thing and get help every single time. It's, just ref it's a refresher course. So we need to learn to operate in spiritual realms because then God will reveal to you that people are not your enemy. It's, it's the devil and his demons and their wickedness and darkness in high places. Salvation is a spiritual act that operates in spiritual realms. Genesis 2-7 tells us that God created us with three things. Dust of the ground, right? We all know that. We all come out of the ground. Breath of life, our spirit, he breathed into us, and a living soul. Folks, your soul will never die. 
So how important is it that the Spirit He gave you at salvation dominate your soul, your thinking, your heart, how you feel, how you respond to touch in the five senses? Proverbs 20, 27 tells us that our spirit is God's lamp. I mentioned this, I believe, a week or so ago. I find that wonderful. Our spirit is God's lamp. The Word tells us, Proverbs 20, don't take my word for it, Proverbs 20, 27 tells us that our spirit is God's lamp. So, are you ready for a little revelation on the Scripture? Does he not say, don't keep your light under a bushel? Does he not say that? Do you know why he said that? Carlos, because it is his lamp. He's the light. And how are you going to be a witness unless your spirit, which is the lamp, overtakes here? Have you ever looked at someone and said, man, they had such a light on their face? Have you said that before about anybody? I could tell they were a Christian, boss, this and that. Do you see what you're seeing? You're seeing the spirit the lamp uncovered by the bushel. Now, folks, that's a word that we can take with us and chew on for a long time because we are to be a light to this world, a lamp, not under a bushel. Your lamp is your spirit. Oh, no, I've got great news for you. When God releases to your faith that spirit, that lamp, your body, your soul, your mind now operates in the supernatural. How else could Peter lay hands on someone and have them raised from the dead, raised up from being lame on the streets at the gate because of something he had? What did he have? He had a spirit, a lamp that was uncovered, and faith through knowledge, through the Word of God. Now, you put those together, now we can do what Peter did. Silver and gold have a number, but such as I have, I give you. He didn't even pray. He said, get up. This man had never walked, so he had a creative miracle. Not just healing, he had a creative miracle. So keep that in mind. You are, your spirit is a lamp. Is it under a bushel? Do people, do people walk away not knowing you're a Christian? Have you ever told someone you're a Christian and going, oh, I didn't know that? Or have you had someone say this? I'm so sorry I cussed. I apologize. They, they saw your lamp. Isn't that awesome? Jeremiah 17.10. I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. Do you see where this soul and body is brought in here? I search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Bingo. You have to decide to do the deeds of God. And he will judge us according to what we our deeds are. He will search your heart, Brenda. He'll search your mind. Because once he, he said, take every thought captive. No, once you take that captive, then you're allowing the Spirit to reign, and now you can operate out here with the mind of Christ. You look at Mary and go, I can't even find my glasses. How could I have the mind of Christ? He's talking about your spirit. 
But once you allow, by the controlling of your mind, taking every thought can, folks, it's up to you. Everything I have to share with you today in both services is up to you. You will decide. Are you changing? Do you see growth in your life? Do you feel conviction from God? Do you feel like God's taking you deeper? Do you look at your life looking back and say, wow, I didn't do this as bad as I used to? You've seen growth. And you will decide whether you do that or not. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 3-5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See, I told you you had to have knowledge, didn't I? Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now think of that. You are to cast down arguments. You don't want to get carnal with the world. You don't want to get carnal with people. That exalts itself. So we need to cast on every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Folks, you've got to have the mind of Christ. You've got to have the knowledge of Christ to know what to do. Otherwise, you will not be able to recognize what you need to cast down. You'll be fooled. You'll be deceived. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The Scripture tells us that in order to take every thought captive, we must avoid arguments. Folks, don't argue with people. Do you really want to win an argument? No. You want to sway them with milk and honey and be a salt. That's what you want to be. We're to be a light, a salt, honey. You don't want to win arguments. That's carnal. To be confident in our knowledge of God's Word, learn His Word. His truth, not ours, folks. We must be settled in our walk with our God. We must be settled in. We must know the Word. In reference to every high thing, we are reminded that in Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is the main scripture I told you about earlier about. So we need to take that in account. Everything in Ephesians 6, 12, that'd be good for you to review. How things come from high places. Duh. How things come from high places. If you want to take down high things, you better go take them down in high places. When you know you're God, you will know your enemy. I love that even though I wrote it. Um, <clears throat> when you know your God, you'll know your enemy, amen? Because God knows your enemy. He already put him down. Guess what? He's already won. He's already defeated him. He tried one more time in the desert with the perverting, perverting the word on Jesus. God, help us not to pervert the word. People say, well, money's the root of all evil. And so you walk around with that, you think that, oh, God, you're supposed to be poor. There are people in religion that believe that God wants you poor. It doesn't say that, does it? The love of it. He's not afraid of money. He doesn't print money anymore. But he can help you to prosper if you want to be used of God. 
because he knows he can trust you with it. Again, in Ephesians 6.12, the darkness of this world and spiritual high places operate in high places. Now, I want you to try to catch something here. It says the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Did you catch that? The devil has already learned what we're trying to learn. He operates in high places. It just said that. But did, where did he say he did it at? Where did he say he got his, where did he say his high places operated? In this earth. He's already learned how to take things in high places and operate in this world, in this realm. Now, we need to learn that as well. We need to learn that what God wants to teach us in high places, he wants to operate right here. Because this is where we butt heads with the devils, right here. He takes his stuff in high places and brings it to earth. We are to take the things in high places of God, and, amen, and bring them to here and operate through us to resist him, for others, to lay hands on the sick, to remove mountains, to draw a line in the sand for the devil. This tells us that unless we are grounded in faith and knowledge in our Lord, we will not be able to resist the enemy unless we first operate in high spiritual places in order to resist the devil coming against our flesh on this earth. I hope you got that. We need to operate in spiritual high places so that we can bring it here. The devil's already doing it. He's taking things in high places. He probably never saw it before. I don't know. But he took things in high places in his realm because that's one of the heavens. And now he's operating on earth. The Bible tells us. I just shared it. So now you and I, in order to defeat him, we have to do the same thing. We must operate in spiritual high places so that we can manifest here against the devil on earth. Remember, we must win the war in spiritual places if we are to defeat the devil in this world. Our, fa our faith is what brings our victories in high places to battle face-to-face -face with the enemy on earth. And I, I have more to elaborate on that later on today as well. Remember, Corinthians 15:57 says, But thanks be to our God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 28, 13. I'm closing up here. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You like that? Yeah, we all like to be the head of the game. We want to be promoted at our job. We want to be recognized and everybody stroke us and tell us how wonderful we are. Well, we are the head and not the tail in spiritual things. When we defeat the devil in high places, then he will surely crush Satan under our feet, Romans 16, 20. So see, Jesus is winning the battle for us, but he wants to work through us to win the battle. So once you're faith, when he works through you, he promises, I'll crush him. I got him. I'll crush him. God will take your enemy, God will make your enemy your footstool, Psalm 110, verse 1. You like that? God will make the enemy your footstool. Sometimes when I play with my dog, I'll do like this, and then I'll go like this. And he gets so excited, he runs around and gets real excited. It's a game to him. But that's what you do to the devil every day with the authority of Christ in spiritual high places. He is nothing to you. He cannot touch you or do anything without God's permission. 
He had permission to touch Job, but he told him, you can't take his life. God is in control, folks. But he's, you've got to give him permission. You've got to let him. You've got to press into the kingdom. You've got to seek him with all your heart. It's not going to just come out of you because you're popular or you're handsome or whatever. No, you've got to seek him. Jesus, thank you for this privilege. Thank you that we could share today on the spirit, soul, and body and how important it is that your spirit reign in our body and that our lamp, our spirit shine like a light uncovered. I pray everyone listening right now, Father, is encouraged that they are making new decisions to go deeper, to give their life to you. Just call upon the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus, I want you to live in my heart. I want you to save me and forgive me of all my sins that I may reign with you in heaven one day. Amen. Please hit like and share. We'd love for you to hear from you if you want to leave comments. And stay tuned. About 11.15, I'm going to elaborate on some key points I brought up this morning. Thank you very much.